Welcome to Foothill Christian American Canyons podcast. We hope that this message encourages you and blesses you. I want to speak to you today on why as believers, you and I should be devoted to one another. Everybody say devoted. Devoted to one another and more importantly to God in prayer. Did you know prayer is a discipline? Prayer is a discipline. It doesn't happen overnight. It, uh, it's built up over time, just like any good habit, any good practice. It's built up over time. It's a discipline. If you're wondering why things are going crazy, haywire in your life, sometimes we're not disciplined in prayer. Sometimes we're not disciplined financially. Sometimes we're not disciplined in our eating habits. Now I'm hitting home. I, I know I am, huh? And we're all getting ready for some good barbecues later, maybe if not today, tomorrow. But here I am reminding us that we have to be disciplined. Most of us have been able to say, when I, when I said that word devoted, you probably thought of, well, yeah, I'm devoted to God, or maybe to my spouse. You thought of that one. I'm devoted to a spouse, or they're devoted to me. I can say anything, and they'll do it for me just like that. That's true devotion, right? But what does devotion or what does devoted mean? According to one definition, it's defined this way. To give all or a large part of one's time or resources to a person, activity, or cause. Think about that for a second. Think about that. Are you giving of your time a large part of one's time or resources to a person an activity or a cause. I know some guys that give their time to golf. They golf three times a week. Again, nothing wrong with golf, but what are you devoting your time to? There's a passage in the New Testament that speaks about being devoted in prayer. I want you to, or invite you to turn to Colossians chapter 4. Colossians chapter 4 in the New Testament. If you have your Bibles or if you have your electronic devices, Turn to chapter 4, and we're going to begin our reading in verse 2. And it starts with this. Devote yourselves to prayer, being watchful and thankful. And pray for us, too, that God may open a door for our message, so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ, for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly, as I should. Verse 5. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Today I've titled this sermon, Hopelessly Devoted to You. <laughs> How many are familiar with that song right there? I think most of you are. It's a, it's a song from the uh, movie Grease with John Travolta and Olivia Newton-John, right? Um, I couldn't help but think of that, that song when I was coming up with this title. I was thinking, well, yeah, that reminds me of Grease. Now they're talking about a love with, with one another. And here what I'm talking about is hopelessly devoted to your God. 
hopelessly devoted to you, Lord. So when I mention that term, I'm referring to them as well as your spouse. You can take that another time and, and work on that in your marriage at home and later on date night. Amen? But here's the question I have for you this afternoon. When you hear that term or that statement, hopelessly devoted to you, does it, does it remind you, am I giving the best or a large part of my time or resources to Christ? Am I offering my energy, my talents and love when, when I hear that? You see, here's what I want to focus on. The word translated devote in Colossians 4 and verse 2 is from the Greek word proskarterio. Proskarterio, I'm sure is how they say it. Which has the root meaning to be strong, to be strong. Devote yourselves to prayer, or to devoting yourselves to prayer actually means this. To be strong toward, to persist in, to persevere, to endure. So it's not some just little wimpy thing. It, prayer is something powerful and effective the Bible describes. How many would agree with that? Yeah. Amen? See, one of my pet peeves, you may have heard me say this before, is when I hear the following statement. And I hear it all the time with Christians and, and especially those outside the church that don't attend church all the time. But they'll say something like this when, when in reaction to a need, a, 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 you know, whatever that need might be, they'll look at you and they'll say, well, I guess all we can do is pray. They'll say it like that. And I just want to slap that person. I want to slap Jesus into that person and say, are you hearing what you just said? Well, I guess all we can do is pray. How many have heard something like that? And, and let's face it, we've all been guilty and we've said something like that. Well, I guess all we can do is pray. Like, like if all the other better options are all taken up and that's the one that's left over and I guess that's all we can do now is just pray. That just makes me so irate sometimes when I hear that. See, people, when they say that, aren't truly comprehending and understanding what they're saying. You see, the very first thing we have a privilege to do is to pray. Amen. To pray. See, the great theologian M.C. Hammer had it right. You just, we just got to pray to make it today. Amen. We got to pray to make it today. He had it right. But unfortunately, this unbelieving world that we live in doesn't look at it that way. Prayer is the last thing they look at. One of the things you'll hear in our day and age today is there's so much, you know, we, we've got the racial discrimination, political division. We've got COVID-19 theories and deep state and on and on and on. And, and, and if you offer, well, I'm going to be praying for these people or praying for that situation. People look at you like, well, and what else are you going to do? Like... Are you going to put any action behind that? They fail to realize that prayer is action. Prayer is action. It's putting God at work in the life of somebody. It's possibly God using you in the life of somebody to cause God's effect. See, and I'm going to get into it, but prayer is really accomplishing God's will, not your will, not my will. But again, prayer, prayer. Everybody say prayer. Prayer is action. Prayer is action. 
But because this world has no spiritual comprehension, no spiritual understanding, see our, our spiritual side is dead before we come to Christ. We can't receive the things of Christ, and therefore the things don't make sense. We're dead to them. But as believers, we know that this is an action that we can do. It's not a waste of time. It's the most important thing you can do. Prayer means to be strong toward, to persist in, to persevere, to endure. And that most definitely is not a waste of time. It is not a waste of time at all. As I just mentioned, we, we live in a very contentious world. Right now, it's getting worse by the day. It's getting worse by the month, by the day, by the minute. And the very first thing you and I need to do is not necessarily to voice a strong opposition to the hate and discrimination that's going on in this world or declare how politically divided and messed up this country is or point out that God is attempting to get the world's attention in 2020. Can I get an amen? It's not those things, but the very first thing you and I need to do is to pray is to pray. See, prayer will show you how to handle those things I just mentioned. Prayer will give you the wisdom to be able to speak on those things that I just mentioned. If you just go out there and begin to uh, try to correct somebody on their misguided belief on social media, you know, people are going to mess with you, right? And they're going to play with you and, and it doesn't accomplish anything. The very first thing you and I should do is pray, pray, pray. Colossians 4.2 isn't the only place in the New Testament where prayer and devotion are, are together. Listen to these other uh, scriptures mentioned in the New Testament. Acts chapter 1 and verse 14. And I'll read them quickly and we'll have them up here on the screen. Uh, you don't need to turn there, but... It says here in this passage, they all joined together constantly in prayer along with the women and Mary, the mother of Jesus, and with his brothers and devoted to prayer. Devoted to prayer. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. The passage says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship and to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Did you, are you catching this? They devoted themselves. In addition, there's many more scriptures found in the Word of God, but listen to this one here in Acts chapter 6, verse 4. And we'll give our attention to prayer and the ministry of the Word. Romans 12, 12, and I'll, and I'll finish with those scriptures here. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, Faithful in prayer. I could keep going on and on and on about prayer. The Bible is heavy with verses on prayer. But I want to drive home that point that we have to become devoted to prayer. A once a Sunday, once a week prayer isn't cutting it for anybody in this world that we live in. We have to battle and, and, and face our battles with prayer every single day. Whether you're a morning prayer warrior or an evening prayer, whatever it is, I need you to commit to prayer. One of the things that was challenging to us last week when my daughter Raquel spoke was she asked if, if those of you would be willing to um, do this little every, every on the hour, on the hour, set a little reminder and just pray for those 30 seconds, maybe a minute. 
if you could, just, and you're thinking, well, that's just a 30-second prayer, Pastor Rick. But if you do that over the course of the day, do you know how it shifts your thinking? You begin to see and look around for different things to pray for. You begin to all of a sudden see with the eyes of Jesus, believe me, when you begin to see what can I pray for, who can I pray for. And if you do that, you'll find yourself maybe at the store, at, at, at a restaurant, uh, picking something up to go because you can't eat inside yet and you can't enjoy their nice air conditioning. Amen. But here, remember to pray. It starts with prayer. Amen. Everybody say this with me. Prayer, prayer. Is, powerful. is powerful. Prayer is powerful. I want you to really let that sink in. Prayer is powerful. See, this is what the Bible had in mind when what I mentioned about Raquel. There's a scripture that says, pray without ceasing. Pray without stopping is what it really says. And what it really means is have an attitude of prayer all the day long. There's nothing greater than starting your day off with prayer. When you start your day off with prayer, you set the tone for the rest of the day. You know, I, I've read this poem and I can't remember the name of it, but it's, uh, you'll know, some of you may know it because it starts off like this. It's a Christian prayer. I, I was late. I started my day. I rushed off. And, uh, and it begins to list all the things that started to happen that went wrong because they were rushing, because they woke up late. And it all started because they didn't have time to pray in the morning like they normally do. How many have ever found themselves in one of those Mondays, right? Typically a Monday. You rush out the house and, and you don't have time to pray. And all of a sudden, it's just one thing after another after another. And you pull into your garage and you get a flat tire. I mean, things happen, right? And, 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 and God is just gently reminding us, hey, um, what about me? You had time for everything else, but you didn't bother talking to me today. And we may think, yeah, Lord, it was just one day, but one day leads to another day, which leads to another day, and it becomes a habit. You know, we need to effectively be devoted to prayer. How many would agree with that? Amen. So I want to I quickly give you three points on prayer. Number one is engage in the practice of prayer as your most effective weapon. Those of us or you that have been uh, listening to our Zoom Bible studies recently, we had just concluded a, um, a topic which was the spiritual armor. And we talked about the spiritual armor that we all wear and from the helmet of salvation to the gospel, um, the shoes with the gospel of peace and so forth. And we talked about how the sword of the spirit is a weapon, but your most powerful weapon, effective weapon really is prayer. Prayer stops the devil in his tracks. Prayer kicks the devil out of your house. Prayer kicks him out of wherever you don't want him to. Amen? Prayer is your most effective weapon. As believers in Christ, we are in relationship with Him. When you're in a relationship with someone, what do you expect? You expect to have a dialogue. You expect to have a communion with them, meaning a personal relationship. God is no different. God expects you and I to desire to talk to him, to desire to tell him how your day was, how your day's going. 
where you want your day to go, and so forth. That is having a personal relationship with God Almighty. Did you know this? Prayer is anticipated by our Heavenly Father. He anticipates you and I calling Him up and saying, Lord, it's me, it's Rick. Actually, Ricardo, as my parents call me. Because that's how He knows me, right? Um, hey, Lord, I'm here today. Everybody's gone off to work. I'm here on my day off and it's quiet in the house. But Lord, I need your help. Guide me. Will you show me today, Lord? And, and when we begin, begin to get transparent and just begin to speak to the Lord, what we're really doing is we're not just blasting them with our issues. We're really praying. This really should be our prayers. Lord, let your will be done in my life. Let your will be done. I know this is what, what I want to do. This is what I want to accomplish. But Lord, is that what, if that's what's best for me, open those doors. If that's not what you want for me in my life, slam those doors shut. And, and when you talk to them in just a transparent way like that, a simple way, it doesn't have to be some fancy prayer that you heard some pastor pray years ago. God wants to speak to your heart. He knows your heart. He desires just that wonderful relationship you have, just like you do with your brother or sister, your, your, your children, your mom and dad. If, if you have a relationship with someone and you can sit down and talk with them, have a cup of coffee, and have a wonderful conversation, God is no different. He desires that relationship. So prayer is anticipated by our Heavenly Father. He is expecting you to call Him. Call upon him. Listen to this verse in Jeremiah chapter 33 and verse 3. Call to me and I will answer you. Did you catch that? The Lord is saying, call upon him. He wants to answer whatever it is that you are going through. Whatever you are struggling with. He already knows, but the wonderful thing about a relationship is we want to hear that. You need to voice that. You need to declare that. God loves you so much, He wants you to just declare what is it that's on your heart? What is it that's hurting you right now? What is it that's grieving you right now? What is it that's ticking you off right now? He wants to hear that. He already knows your heart, but He wants you to declare it to Him. Amen. Number two, experience the promise of prayer as our most effective weapon. So the first one was engage in the practice of prayer. This one is experience it now. Experience it. Now, I got to warn you about this one though. There is a prayer God won't answer. Okay? Did you know that? God will not answer this particular prayer. You want to know what that is? The only prayer that God will never answer is the prayer never prayed. Let me say that again. The only prayer God will never answer is the prayer never prayed. What that's telling you and I is that we need to pray. We have to pray. We can't just assume somebody else is going to pray for that. Have you ever noticed that sometimes you, you could be with your spouse, with your family, and you feel the need to pray for something, somebody, but the other was don't have that same vibe, that same feeling. It's because the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. 
The Holy Spirit speaks to us as individuals. And when he does that, he wants you to pray. He wants you to call on the Lord at that moment. Amen? Only The only prayer that God never answers is the prayer never prayed. I would encourage you, pray. Pray, especially in, in this day and age that we live in. 2020 is a... Did I tell you last week what it's like? It's like coming to a crosswalk, looking both ways, and then getting hit by an airplane. That's what 2020 is like. That's something unexpected. We have to be praying more than ever. James chapter 4, let's put that up on the screen. In verse 2, it says this, You do not have because you do not ask God. We hear this all the time. I don't have this, I don't have that. And I don't mean to say that God is never a genie in a bottle. Let's get that straight right now, okay? God is not your genie in a bottle. But here's, here's what I do know is that when we align our, our lives with Him, He gives us everything. And I say everything we need. Can I get an amen? He will give that to you spiritually, physically, emotionally, mentally. There are people that, that grieve the loss of a loved one. He will bring you comfort. He will bring you healing. In time, He will heal you. But without Him, we're a mess. We're a mess without Him. Experience the, the promise of prayer as our most effective weapon. And the only way you're going to experience it is through prayer. It's through throwing those challenges out there. Lord, I need your strength. And let him be that strength to you. Lord, I need your compassion today. Lord, I need your, 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 your wisdom today. Amen. And then the third thing is expect the power of prayer as our most effective weapon. Expect the power of prayer as our most effective weapon. As I just mentioned, the purpose of prayer is not to tell God what we want from Him, but rather it's Him, or it's rather to allow God to tell us what He wants from us. That's what prayer does. Prayer guides us closer to Him. It points us in, 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 his, in his direction. And our image then is aligned with His image. Have you ever had someone say to you, there's something different about you. What is it? I want what you have. And when I hear that, I know that God is at work in that person. God is at work in that person. And that's because they are a prayerful person. A prayerful person. Matthew 6 and verse 6. You're familiar with this scripture, I'm sure. And it says the following. But when you pray... Go into your room, close the door, pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father who sees what is done in secret will reward you, will bless you. See, it's not about going out and telling everybody, yeah, I prayed, I prayed for five hours today in the morning. And then I prayed for five hours in the evening. It's not about that. That's what the hypocrites do, the Bible says. They go out on the street corners and tell everybody about how much they pray and, and how often they pray. The point here is, take your time and, and seek the Lord on your own. Pray to Him. How many here have a designated place where you pray? You should have a designated place at your home where you can pray. Where if someone else in the house knows you're in that room or that closet, where, wherever it is, they know you're praying. You know, I have an office in my house 
were, uh, I had my computer and all my books and everything, and, and um, I put up a little sign on the outside of the door, and it says, praying, and when they see that sign on the outside of my door, they know not to bother me. They know not to bug Pastor Rick or Dad because I'm busy, I'm praying. And so we, each of us, need to have a designated place where we can be praying, where we know that when we get here, this is a sacred place. This is a place where I've heard from the Lord, where I've touched the Lord. The Lord has touched me. If you don't have a place like that, it's hard to develop that relationship with a man and hard to have that respect for a, a place that doesn't mean anything to you. Now, that's why it's so beautiful when you go outside in nature and you go to a place like Yosemite or to Lake Almanor, uh, where my brother's at right now, and you go to these places and you're in the wonderful, beautiful creation of God, you can fit right in and say, Lord, I worship you. I love you. I thank you for creation. I thank you for giving me life. Thank you for protecting me. And on and on and on. And that's what develops when you have a, a spiritual place of prayer. A place that you can go to. A place that you can lock up yourself and, and just get lost in God. It's important that you and I have that. Can I get an amen? Yeah. And as I close this, this afternoon, let me just revisit the, the sermon text that I read, which is in Colossians. Prayer accomplishes these things as well. In, in Colossians chapter 4, it went on to say that God will open a door for your message. So how many here have loved ones that don't know Christ, that would never step into a church? We all do. We all do. God will open a door for your message to be preached, to share that message with them when you pray. God will help you to proclaim it clearly, this scripture says. God will help you to be wise in proclaiming that. And then it shows us here that by prayer, He'll help us to make the most of every opportunity. And here's the part I love, that our conversation, verse 6, that our conversation will be always full of grace. That's not what's going on in our world right now. Our conversations are not filled with grace right now in this world. They're filled with hate, division. The enemy is trying to drive a wedge between people, between relationships. But the Lord says when you pray, when you don't devote yourselves to prayer, your conversations will become full of grace, seasoned with salt. I know we got some people here that know how to cook. And when you season something, it brings it to life. It brings it to life. Your words will have life. They'll have flavor because of the Holy Spirit. And it goes on to say, so that you may know how to answer everyone. I love that, that our conversation will be always full of grace. And it only happens when you devote yourself to prayer. I want to devote myself to prayer, Lord. I want to be able to have a conversation filled with, with wisdom, with grace, and seasoned like salt. Amen. When we become hopelessly devoted to Him, our prayer life will grow. We learn to be strong towards Him, to persist in, to persevere, to endure in our prayers, and our, in our love towards Him. How many want some more of that? How many want and desire that for your life? 
each of us do. Amen? Won't you stand this afternoon? We invite and we ask, Lord, right now that we would open our hearts to you, Father. At this moment, we open up our hearts to you. And Lord, we ask for your healing touch upon each and every one spiritually, emotionally. Those that have faced a tough week, those that have just recently lost loved ones, we pray, Father, for emotional, spiritual strength today, for your comfort, for your guidance. I pray for healing, Lord. I pray, God, that you would just remind them that you love them right now. Father, we thank you. Have your way in each of us, Lord, as we conclude today's service, Father. We thank you for your Holy Spirit, your presence, Lord. May it guide us. May it watch over us today. Keep us cool in this heat, Lord. Those that are going back to homes without AC, keep them cool, Father. Lord, we thank you for today. We love you, Lord. Now I pray a blessing over each one today. Lord, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace in Jesus' wonderful name. God bless you and have a great Sunday. Amen. Thanks for listening. For more information, be sure to check out our Facebook page at Foothill Christian American Canyon.